This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 54 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Andy. And I'm Eddie. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries, right here on another episode of Paranormal Dads. First of all, it's good to see you guys again. Those <laughs> glowing <laughs> motes of dust. Technically, we cannot see each other for the for the listeners tuning in. We uh, killed our video, so we are only auditory components. So we're trying to look at each other on our computers, and we are just glowing just orbs. Glowing circles. orbs with silhouettes inside them. and it, It's but, a lot of fun. They, they dance when we talk. Yeah, they kind of jiggle and wiggle when they talk, much like, much like we. The paranormal dance. When we run, we jiggle. We jiggle a little too much. This episode is brought to you by Paranormal Dad's Beer Gut. <laughs> my Jello, my pizza Jello pizza. pudding. That's the worst that could happen. Pizza. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for joining us again for a new episode. Um, like we said, we are going to keep cranking these out even as the you know pandemic starts to wind down a little bit i think i'm the late man to the vaccination bus you guys are all fully vaccinated aren't you uh not quite yet i got one more that's coming up this weekend i'm pretty stoked about it get it over with and they say the second one is the worst one so hopefully uh i'll just skate through that and yeah move ahead you'll be all right pat you're strong yeah i've had my i've had my second shot and it yeah, it, I felt a little icky the next day, but totally worth it in the grand scheme of things. So sure, uh, yeah. But we're gonna keep cranking these episodes out, and uh, we're happy to do so, especially if it gives our listeners, you know, some uh, an hour of entertainment during these weird times. So, uh, and speaking absolutely. of weird times, just a little uh, premonition for y'all: we're gonna be talking about injections later in the show. Oh, all right, all right. Ooh. Speaking of my injection, guys, I went with the spicy buffalo flavor of the COVID shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. I, 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 just, I, I with stick with my old standby, the chocolate peanut butter. There you go. <laughs> what did you go for, Andy? Oh, you blue know, just the, uh, yeah, just a good old blue raspberry tart. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was, just, what did you say earlier, Eddie? You said your arm hurts, which is weird because you got the shot in your butt. Yeah. That's the strange yeah. part. They gave me, gave me the shot right in my left butt cheek, and my right arm is sore. He said, sir, drop your pants, and you're like, why? I'm here because my throat hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Weird. in the wrong clinic. I I'm can not tell. a doctor. Well, at <laughs> any rate, we, got a, we have a great show lined up for you guys, a little variety, and as always, we started out with uh, the recent sightings segment, and uh, Eddie, this was you today, right? It is me, so here we go. Put on your paranormal... Uh, caps and uh, <laughs> thinking caps. We're going to do some recent sightings.
So on this recent sighting, gents, I'm going to share a screen with you guys, and I'll be sure to put this up on our show notes. I'll send some stuff to Pat here so we can all see this together, and we can all comment together here on this one. The glory of modern technology. Pat, our technical guru, will take care of all of our problems. <laughs> uh, Chris Allen and Christine Tate uh, in a town in England, uh, in Ammonford, Carmarthenshire. Dude, that's not the most British name I've ever heard. <laughs> I live in Ammonford, Carmarthenshire. That's one of the Hobbit towns. You know it is. Absolutely. Um, it's probably a tree they live in, too. Uh, they were plagued by a series of mysterious screams and have fled their own home. And they vowed to never return again. Uh, the long and short of the story is that uh, in June of 2018, so by all, all purposes, this is still pretty recent as far as we're concerned. Um, uh, June was, I'm no, sorry, June. Christine was making coffee in, in the kitchen in their house and began to heard uh, strange sounds coming from underneath the house. From and under as the time house? went on, they began to hear under the house. Uh, they heard and it sounds wasn't the plumbing. Of, uh, it wasn't the plumbing. It wasn't the downstairs neighbor playing their gosh darn music too darn loud. I'm sorry. Def Leppard just again. too darn loud. You kids and your Iron Maidens. <laughs> your Twisted Sisters. You know, it reminds me um, of that scene from the Goonies where the Goonies are underneath the city in the, in the, in the caves and they're shaking the pipes and yeah. they're causing a <laughs> ruckus for the bathrooms and water fountains up above on, on yeah. the surface, surface level. <laughs> Yeah, that guy was trying to tee off the golf ball, and it was, like, flying up and down. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how plumbing works. Whatever. <laughs> um, so what they heard were uh, the sounds of women and children screaming and heavy knocking happening in, the in, the, in their house. Oh, and so they funny. couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And so he left his phone in the bathroom. Al left his phone in the bathroom to see what was going on and they were able to pick up these sounds of uh, essentially screaming happening in their house uh, after a bit they realized that the sounds were coming from underneath the house in the basement below the kitchen so they began to dig underneath their house to try to see if they could find out where these sounds were coming from but as they got underneath the house they just heard these muffled sounds of screaming and and weird sounds you know and so this i is have where, i'll go ahead Amy. i mean that's i was just that's creepy that's crazy yeah um you know visual you know visual aspects of the paranormal are terrifying too but the, the audio components can be terrifying a human scream you know is not a pleasant it's, it's it's not it doesn't hit the ears in a pleasant way you know i think we're hardwired to uh to be to you know it gets your heart pumping just hearing that and I'd recommend three steps. You know, step one, get a match. Step two, light it. Step three, burn that sucker down. <laughs> yep. Never look back. Exactly. No, step, thank you. Yep. Step four, buy a new house. Um, That's right. So they actually hired a company, an audio uh, company, to come and kind of record around their house. So they put microphones in the front and the back and inside of the house. And they were able to pick up – They uh, so they, any sounds outside, they got nothing and the only microphones that picked up any noise of any sounds of the screaming and other noises were only from inside the house. Oh, 
Nice. But they did uh, the pick kitchen, up some screams and, and that kind of stuff? Uh, literally all they've picked up is the sounds. They've not had any visualizations, nothing being moved around. Literally only auditory. Hmm. You know, that, uh, that and, it almost... Sorry, Eddie, I was going to say, it almost oh, no, makes fine. you wonder if it's picking up on uh, something that used to be on that property before the house was even there. You know? Right. Ancient Indian burial ground type territory. It's It's something else. I mean... And I've listened to a little piece of this, and I'm going to share it with all of you now. Now, all these sounds are coming from inside the house. And it sounds that you would think that, oh, well, they live in a busy city. No, this is, there's nothing happening outside. That's creepy. That is a portion of what they uh, have experienced in, in that home. And that just got me thinking, I mean, uh, have you guys had any experiences of um, auditory stuff that you didn't have any visual uh, identification of paranormal in, in your home or in, anywhere else? Well, I've, I've had a couple experiences, nothing, nothing of that caliber. Thank goodness. Um, I used to live in a in a home that was fairly haunted, though. I, it was in Benson, which is just a very old area of Omaha. It's a very old district, and a lot of the houses are, you know, close to 100 years old. And I, I'd constantly have things happen there. In fact, there was a couple occasions where I heard my voice, or excuse me, my name said out loud by some unseen voice, you know, just kind of like an urgent whisper in my ear, Andy. And, you know, yeah. when it happens, it's enough to make you jump through the roof. You know, in hindsight, looking back, it didn't feel malicious or terrifying or anything like that. But it is enough to catch you off guard, if nothing else. Um, well, if you go back to and listen to our episode about the the haunted Grand Theater, where we uh, investigated in Grand Island, we had a very distinct uh, answer to one of Eddie's questions. And, and the voice we heard said yes. And it was very, you know, very clear to us when it took place so that was pretty creepy in its in itself yeah you beat me to it pat that was uh, uh I, I stole yours oh, you were the no, one who actually experienced it i i just yeah. heard the tape to and this I saw day, the video. to this day and that was what two years ago now yeah something like that i uh i still can like still hear that voice like as clear as anything like it's just it's crazy. I've never had something to that that audible and have someone else hear it at the same time. Andy, I've had that phenomenon too where you're typically alone, right, when you hear your name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're alone, um, you know, doing some sort of mundane activity. For me, I was taking a nap on the couch when it happened, and another time I was actually vacuuming, uh, which was obviously really noisy, and the voice that I heard was louder than the vacuum cleaner. So, And I was the only one home 
and on both accounts. So, you know, it's 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 interesting though, you know, to hear, you know, screams. That's that's next level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the fact that they're consistent. Yeah. Alan and Christine have gone on to say that they are never going back in that house again. So that's basically like they've just said we're done. They've abandoned the house completely. <laughs> the house and so the movers in there and go get my stuff, but I'm not sure you'd want to pull anything out of there, you know? Go it could be wear uh, headphones the whole time. <laughs> you know, in case whatever's in the house attaches to it. Oh lordy. Yeah. It's, it almost, it's loud. Seems like a portal to a place that you don't want to be, basically, right? You know? Calling long distance from the the gates of hell yeah yeah exactly no. you have a collect call from hell. Uh, i won't take it i won't take it i don't want oh, gosh i don't want the call have you guys ever I done that you ever had a collect card. call that you didn't that you didn't say yes to <laughs> i can't say that i have it's been a while I since i've had time. a collect call but <laughs> i remember back in the day you know that used to be a semi-common occurrence but nowadays with cell phones you you don't it's rare you don't worry about it so much i've I've heard a couple accounts over the years from clients who lost a relative and then got a call from the disconnected number of that relative and in a couple cases they were uh, brave enough to answer and then in a smaller percentage of those incidents where they did answer a couple people have reported that they were able to hear the voice of their loved one uh, and one one lady I remember in particular, she said the voice was of her, I think it was of her mom or her grandma, and and all she it was like way off in the distance, but it was definitely her voice, and she was just like I'm fine, I'm fine, that and uh, so that's I mean I I take that call over screams from the basement any day. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I I read a similar thing with people who passed away. Who, yeah, the phone number gets retired. Like, even the family will have their old phone still, and then they'll get a text from that number that will be like, I love you, I'm okay, or something like that. Like, there's an issue, there's an actual case. I, I should look into this as a main mystery sometime, like phantom texts. Um, but yeah, it, I've came across an article or two that have had that similar phenomena. That, that would actually be a really fascinating segment. Um, because it, you know it's rare, but it does happen. Um, but a call's one thing. I mean, what if what if it was a, you know, just a text and they were using emojis? What if you got a poop emoji text from, you know, dear old grandpa who passed away? <laughs> poop emoji with a thumbs up and a heart and a star and a, a wink and a nod. That'd be amazing. Yeah, just no flames. <laughs> I don't want to see any flame emojis at all. That's right. Well, none of those. Good luck. Spooky, good, spooky yeah. ghost voices. Thank you, Spooky Eddie. Spooky ghost it. voice screaming. <laughs> What's up next, Andy? Well, up next, we have uh, pop culture and the paranormal. And I uh, hope you guys are ready because I want to talk TV shows. Nope. Oh, me and Pat love that TV. Television. <laughs> that their television. That their television box. It's time for pop culture. And the paranormal. All right, pop culture and the paranormal segment. I did my homework, and Uh-oh. I have lined up an assortment, uh, a charcuterie board, if you will, of Ooh, the finest paranormal. It's a charcuterie, charcuterie board. Yeah, I see. 
Franchi, sophisticated. Beef Wellington. I've invested some serious... I've invested some serious time in rounding up and giving my opinion on some of the best paranormal shows that have been out there for the past decade or so. And let me uh, tell you, fine listeners, I my butt has invested some serious hours in my <laughs> recliner uh, <laughs> doing doing my field research for this segment because I have watched dang near the majority of these shows on the uh, more the majority of the episodes on most of these shows. Excellent. And, I'm uh, willing guys, to bet I have too. <laughs> I bet I bet a lot of our listeners have as well. Yeah. So I'm just gonna yeah. give you the rundown, little background on each show, and uh, we can discuss. First one, it's gonna be no surprise. Ghost Adventures um, started, came out in 2008. They're up to 24 seasons now, guys. Wow. <laughs> and this was as of just a few weeks ago. Uh, but they had 229 episodes available on the Travel Channel. Uh, of course, Zach Baggins. You know, I didn't know this, guys. Did you know this? He's not only the star of the show; he's one of the editors for the TV oh. show. Oh, I, I believe it. I, I thought he was at least, yeah, he was also like a producer or something with the show as well. I know he's really involved. Yeah, and I guess you know if if they're used to, you know, editing. They're, I mean, they're tech guys, obviously, because that's part of the nature of Ghost Investigating. But yeah, he's one of the editors. Nick Groff, Aaron Goodwin. Um, you know, if, if you're talking ghost shows, that's probably the heavyweight contender of the bunch. Is, is that the one where they're like, come on, ghost, you stupid yeah. ghost? Yeah, that's that's kind of my take on on this on his show is it's it's almost a little too I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but it's it's just uh it kind of has a, a twist towards the evil side of hauntings. Yeah and and how things will scratch you and you know, it, more terror than than just, you know, your typical haunting. Right. I yeah. mean, that's just kind of my opinion of the, that show. Nope, I second that, Pat. That that That's what kind of turned me off from it. And, and, and I guess you can't knock it. You know, a show that's been on for that long is obviously successful because it's entertaining and appealing. But, you know, for me, it was it was almost overly done and too too focused on the evil aspect of it so yeah and, I, and like eddie says they kind of bait the ghosts like you know come at me you know kind of stuff you know well, plus <laughs> plus they put plus they wear the ed hardy shirts and they wear medium medium t-shirts and yeah. give each other mohawks and <laughs> <laughs> do they do that really start chest bumping each other before they go into the house like come on bro let's get hype <laughs> And the ghosts are like, this haunted house reeks of testosterone. We're out here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they chug a monster and then break a cinder block over their heads and then run into the house. <laughs> oh, the next Eddie, show. how do you feel about this show? <laughs> <laughs> this this next show is more our speed, I think, guys. Destination Truth. Yes, um, Josh Gates. Yeah. Josh Gates. Eddie, yeah. you turned me on to the show a few years back, but it's it came yeah. out, debuted in 2007. They ran for five seasons, starring the one and only Josh Gates, who was amazing. And this was on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel, and it was really heavy on the cryptozoology. So, yeah, uh, flying dinosaurs, you know, sloth monster, bat demon, sea monster, giant snakes, werewolves, even even lesser known ones like Icelandic elves, and uh, yeah. a place in Mexico called the Island of the Dolls. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, the interesting thing that struck me just from a production standpoint when I'm watching this show and, and, you know, we're, we're not producers, you know, we're producers of this show, but you know, we're talking 
you know, national television shows. But what, what struck me as interesting is on one episode, like, like one, just one hour long episode, they would travel to two different locations around the world. Yeah. And I'm thinking like uh, on a budget, wouldn't that be killer on a budget? Like, okay, for this episode, we're going to fly the entire crew to Cambodia for a week. And then, you know, we're going to go to Paris for the second part of this show. Yeah. That would, it would be an expensive show to make, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, think, I, would, I would think yeah. so. And and that guy puts on some serious miles. Yeah. He does. Cause he, I, he's based out of LA, I believe. And, yep. and uh, he just travels all over the world. Um, I, there, there was a very good, his investigation. I'm not sure which one of his shows it was on. Cause he's got a handful of different shows. Yeah. He's got a couple uh, where, where they were investigating, uh, the uh the yeti and they yep. went on to mount everest and that was that was a pretty cool show yeah but uh just some really harrowing uh plane flights to get them you know to the base camp you know <laughs> to start their investigation it's 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 a lot of fun watching the places that he goes well and it was i mean for pound for pound that's one of my all-time favorites uh because it's it's just so well done it's not overly done they they're not skeptical but they're not they're not uh naive believers you know they were just out yeah. there looking for proof and it's kind of it's humorous in certain parts like in a witty it sense. is he's, Josh he's Gates got is a, a funny he, person he's pretty witty yeah he's he's got a good sense of humor and uh he, he's uh certainly willing to laugh at himself too and and right you know that right. that kind of appeals to me because we kind of do the same thing on this show right he has fun with it he doesn't make fun of it um, another one that, you know, the, the recent reboot of unsolved mysteries that came out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people were pumped about that. I was, I don't know, a little, a little less enthused. I, I looked into it and, uh, I think it was five episodes into it before there was anything overly paranormal. It was mostly like disappearing people, unsolved yeah. murder cases. And, mm -hmm. and I understand those are mysteries too, but, um, Episode five uh, was a UFO case in Berkshire, Berkshire, Massachusetts, which, which was kind of interesting. But uh, for my money, it was it was not not paranormally enough. But there's that reboot right. on Netflix, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, this this next one actually debuted in 2010, uh, a little lesser known, perhaps. But it was it was also on the Sci Fi Channel for two seasons. It was called Fact or Faked Paranormal Files. Yes, I remember this one. Mm -hmm. And this one was led by a scientist, Bill Murphy, not Bill Murray, <laughs> Bill mm. Murphy. Um, and they had a, a stunt expert, um, Austin Porter. They had a, a professional photographer, Lanisha Cole. Uh, they had a journalist, Jael Pardo. They just had this cool assortment of, uh, you know, collection of professionals. And what they would do is they'd go online and they'd find a well-known, like, trending a uh, viral video, whether it be ghost, UFO, weird light anomaly, and then they would intentionally try to recreate it yeah. to see if the video was authentic or if somebody could have potentially, um, you know, done it just as a hoax. And in some cases, they were able to recreate it, and in some cases, they weren't. Uh, but even the cases, even the instances where they were able to duplicate some weird event on on the video footage, uh, they didn't dismiss it as as you know, as a hoax, because the amount of effort that would go into staging some of these things would just be well beyond an, an individual goofing around for a practical joke, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
just because something could be done doesn't necessarily mean that it was because the amount of know-how and effects and editing, just because some of those tools are available, a lot of education and training has to go into being able to fake these kinds of things, you know? We're having this discussion. I'm, I'm just thinking Patterson Gimlin, you know, because these guys are, what, 1968, was it? 67? When that video was shot, or that film was shot? It is oh, 67 yeah. or 68, yeah, right in yeah, there. Of, of you know, Patty, Patty the Sasquatch walking through the Northern California woods. And you, you, even in that day, you could not, they cannot prove that they had the, the, like the costuming technology to pull something like that off. Right. It's it's just probably if there's any one piece of Bigfoot evidence that points to the existence of Bigfoot to this day, I believe it's, it's that film. Yeah. Well, I mean, they even had, you know, costume experts from that time period, people who designed the costumes in the Planet of the Apes films, and they said there's no way that an average Joe could have access to a costume that elaborate because people in Hollywood couldn't even make something that was that detailed. Right. You know, yeah, and then you right. add to that that the Bigfoot on that Patterson-Gimlin film was female. Like, why? Why? Like, if you're going to yeah. do a Bigfoot that's a female, that's even harder to get that anatomy right. Right, you know right. Right. And they had that software. If you guys remember this little technical tidbit, they had that software, which took that footage and actually took it, the, the, the figure and of Bigfoot of the Sasquatch and removed the hair off of it. You remember that? Oh, really? Yeah. It removed the hair. This video, this editing software was able to analyze anything on that figure that was a, a hair and was able to take it off. And the hmm. idea was, if this is a suit, it's going to look like a suit. You know, this software is used for other things. It's like a forensic investigative tool for them to investigate crime scenes. And so they use this. They modified it a little bit to be able to just identify, you know, sample and then identify hair. And it can just strip all that off. And then it just shows the musculature underneath uh, the hair. And so when they did that, it was showing like a very complex musculature on that figure it wasn't just a rubber suit with a you know uh it was like legitimately defined muscle areas that were hung on a frame you know a skeleton Mm -hmm. in a way that natural muscles would be and so it just got oh yeah dude that was at the bigfoot convention that we were at a few years ago you know and (laughs) i don't remember that footage is going to be I mean, it's going to be debated forever. It yeah, will be. it will and be. It will believers be. will believe and non-believers won't. And, you know, this is just how it is always going to be. But... It is. I know, it's true. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, there's so many shows out there, guys. I, I have a list of, like, 20 of them. We're not going to, oh! we're not going to get through all of them. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pick a couple others. We do one more, Andy, and then we'll do three. Yeah, do one more, and then yeah. we'll come back to this list. Absolutely. Um, One of my favorites is uh, – I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two quick ones. If you're if All you're right. a if you're a UFO nut, which I know a lot of us a lot of us are, um, there's yep. a show. It was on for two seasons, and it was on the History Channel. If you can dig up old episodes, but it debuted in 2014, and it was called Hangar One UFOs. Okay. And it was some of the lesser known but mind blowing uh, UFO accounts. Not just a weird light in the sky, but stories of people getting taken on board crafts. In intimate up close encounters with everything from reptilians to 
to Nordic aliens to the to yeah. the famous Greys and everything in between. Hangar One. It's one of the be- It's one of the more well done UFO uh, series that I've ever seen. And the other one that I'll say is a little more down to earth. It's called Beyond the Unknown, and this is with uh, Don Wildman on the Travel Channel. It's it's uh, four seasons. It might still be going. I'm not sure, but it's four seasons, and it's a wide array of of topics. I mean, everything from uh, there's an episode of a freak 1700 foot wave. I believe it was in Alaska, and what caused thing. it. Um, there was an episode on what actually killed George Washington. There's a there's an episode on uh, the the great prophet Nostradamus, uh, Nazca lines in Peru, ghosts, UFOs. I mean, not just paranormal mysteries, but just mysteries in general. And I, I like I like Beyond the Unknown because they take a, a very down to earth approach, a very scientific, let's figure out what happened type of approach. And in a lot of the cases, they they believe to have solved the long-standing mysteries, and in the cases where they can't, they admit that they can't. They can't solve it in one way or another. But it's a, uh, right. it's not over sensationalized, but it's a really uh, very cool reenactments. And again, that's beyond the unknown on the Travel Channel. Man, so there you go. Give give some uh, listeners some good ideas on things to look up. And I know with the plethora of streaming services nowadays you can uh, take your pick on how you find those episodes and shows but good luck they're all they're all worth a watch if you're into this kind of content yeah they're just everywhere and uh, one of my favorite ones that recently came out have you guys seen the alaska triangle oh yeah yes it's got some really cool stories in it um, it really does basically it's it's kind of like a, a bermuda triangle sort of thing but it's it's this area uh, around alaska where strange things have happened, UFOs, you know, even like, you know, Sasquatch monsters and ghosts and just all kinds of different stories that go on up there. And um, very, very well done show. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) you might want to let people know if you're going to Alaska, because uh, per capita, they have the highest number of disappearing uh, disappearances uh, in the world, don't they, Pat? Yeah, well, especially uh, I know they did one episode about about the number of aircraft that have disappeared up there and just are never found. You know, the wilderness up there is just so, so unforgiving. Uh, they'll search and search for, you know, lost planes and uh, whether they vanish into thin air or if they crash, you know, no one knows because they, nothing is ever found. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's on the Travel Channel, so you have to check that one out. It's a fascinating show. I've seen a couple of episodes, and it's just, yeah, it kind of hooks you right in. Uh, but general rule of thumb, if you're looking for paranormal things to watch, just turn on the Travel Channel. <laughs> they'll, they'll, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll find it. It'll, it'll be there. All right. Well, there you, there you have it, boys. Up next, we have Main Mystery with Pat. So can't wait to see what you rounded up for us, Pat. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, boy. Yo, paranormal dads, we got us a guest. Monsters and mysteries, this isn't a test. Could be alien, a ghost, or your daddy. A mothman, a troll, or Bigfoot Patty. So join the three of us, Eddie, Andy, and Pat. And our very special guest this is gonna be Fat. Fat is spelled P-H-A-T. Oops, yeah, glue sticks. Uh-huh. Is that a sky? I see that right there. Sky. Sky. Give me a, give me a digital been... high five. What's up? 
I'm, this guy is literally leaving me hanging right now. Oh, give she him a high five. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there, you go. there we go. She <laughs> wanted to hop on and, and talk about a little bit about the Tooth Fairy uh, for a special feature, the mystery of the Tooth Fairy. So do you want to tell them the, the uh, video evidence we got? Yes. Yeah, so the Tooth Fairy had shiny wings. She's a very, very quick flyer. And I think she's a fast than a leprechaun flyer. How come you think she's faster than a leprechaun? Because when I saw the video, she was just like flying away, like just as fast as she could go, like lightning. Can you guys think of a mysterious creature that fast? I mean, I'm trying to think of fast creatures. Mothman's kind of fast. Bigfoot's kind of fast. But Tooth Fairy's lightning fast, right? She takes teeth faster than Mountain Dew. <laughs> Take those teeth away. <laughs> you want to tell them about the, the picture or the video that mom got? Yeah, so how the story started was one day when I was in my tooth and I was falling asleep, the tooth fairy comes in and I have two cats named Leo and Tokyo. And my cats were backing at something. Then my mom started to be awake and she was going in my bedroom shook. And she was doing her cardio to see if it's the tooth fairy. Then when she comes in and, and she showed the camera, it, we like saw the tooth fairy video. Oh my goodness. Wow. And what'd you get as a prize? I think I got a couple coins and stuff. Was it like gold coins was it a million dollars so i had some coins and there was a tooth fairy logo on it oh wow oh wow yeah that's pretty cool true story and uh before we before we let sky go do you want to tell him what the um what the leprechaun left you on saint patrick's day yeah that was crazy the leprechaun left me a lump of gold oh really in this economy, <laughs> crushing it. Yeah, it was. It was like it was a chunk with gold flecks on it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's Did you amazing. Put out a leprechaun trap. Yeah, I made a yeah. leprechaun trap. Anything That'll else you want to say about mysteries? No, but I can show you the like leprechaun, like rock very fast. If yeah, let's look. see that rock. Here. Let me go get it. We'll put a okay. rock. We'll put a yeah. picture up on a, on the episode notes. You know what the tooth fairy left me, guys, when I was a kid? A swift kick in the <laughs> chores. I got chores. That's all I got. <laughs> Times have changed. It was a they pile get... of other teeth. Now they get a savings bond. I got right the in. lump of gold. Let's see you that lump of gold. gold. Oh, that's some lump of gold. That's a big piece of gold. Kid. Didn't we find dust all over the yard? Gold dust? Yeah. Yeah. I did some gold dust here. Golden skies. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about mysteries or mysterious creatures? Not really. Okay. More. Okay. You wanna, oh, we're going to put, you want to tell them what we're going to put in the show notes? Yeah. So we're going to put the tooth fairy picture in it. Oh, nice. Nice. I'll send it to you. Perfect. Well, thanks for being on, Sky. Hey, Sky, it was good to see you.
Okay. Good seeing you. Take care, okay? You be okay. good, kiddo. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> so this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to the show, we are going to take a little trip down to the southern United States. Yes, folks, we're going down to Mississippi. Yeah! The wetlands. The Gulf. Right down by the big Gulf. The Gulf de Mexico. My home. And, Not the Gulf. Going, I live in the Gulf. <laughs> we're going to talk about a place called Pascagoula. The Pascagoula River is, it kind of leads out into the Gulf. This is about a, a story about two, two men who went out one night. After a long, hard day's work, they worked in shipyards, co-workers, and they decided, you know, let's just, we've been working hard all day. Let's just go out to the river and kick back and um, do a little fishing. So they went out and did some catfishing. You know, they got their livers or their worms or night crawlers or whatever it is they're using to their jerk baits, spinner baits, whatever that is that they Soft tacos. Their, <laughs> soft tacos so this is a story Charles Hickson a 42 year old man and 19 year old Calvin Parker uh, these two fellows worked together and went fishing off a pier in the west bank of uh, the Pascagoula River and at one point uh, they, they, they noticed some flashing blue lights coming up behind them and poor Calvin, at the young age of 19, he, he was very concerned that they, they, they were actually fishing in a posted area that you know, it said no trespassing. It was an old shipyard. And so they were kind of like out on these docks by the old shipyard fishing, and they weren't supposed to be there. And they see the blue flashing lights, and they're thinking, oh, you know, here comes the man going to come and chase us off. Well, take but me then- alive, police. <laughs> They just run away. <laughs> but then they heard they they heard a whirring sound, you know, just kind of a, a strange sound. And then all of a sudden they see this huge craft approaching them uh, with these blue lights, and it was hovering, uh, you know, not far away from them. It was oval shaped, about thirty to forty feet across and eight to ten feet high. Um, and what happened is a beam of just a, a very bright beam of light came out of the ship and the, the the two men were basically paralyzed they they couldn't move and when when uh three bulky they describe them as bulky creatures about the size of football players between like five foot to six feet tall they have leathery skin uh, and they moved a lot like robots one of the the distinct things about their hands it looked like they were wearing mittens but they were um almost they they called them like it was like crab crab like pinchers uh, were on their hands they also had these odd shaped protrusions coming out of the sides of their heads almost like uh you know horns or something that came straight out of the sides of their heads so these three beings came out of this craft and they said they they basically just kind of hovered and they moved very uh, robotically. 
And they came up to the men, and two of the creatures uh, grabbed Charles. He was the, the older and the larger of the two. So the two creatures grabbed him, and then the third creature grabbed Calvin. And Calvin said as soon as the creature grabbed him, he felt a sharp pain, and then he heard a hiss. And it, Whoa. He, it was at that point he felt an injection coming into his arm. It's that and COVID shot. It's that COVID shot, right? So he, uh, he, at that point, he became very calm and felt very light. The creatures escorted the two men into the ship aboard basically was, was a UFO. So these men are, are, are conscious, um, but yet they're still paralyzed. They, they could move their eyes around, maybe move their heads a little bit. Uh, but they couldn't get the full view of what was going on around them. But what happened is w the creatures led them into a room and there was like a table, like an exam table that they were put on. Uh, a device came uh, and kind of hovered the, above them. It came out of the ceiling. Parker uh, described it as, as kind of a, uh, about the size of a, a deck of cards. But he said it almost looked like a, a large eye like an eyeball and it floated around his face and around the sides of his heads and, and around the back of his head. Um, and it would make kind of like a humming noises or clicking noises. Uh, and then it shot back up into the ceiling. So it was almost like it was doing some kind of a scan scan on him. And then at that time, a fourth creature appeared and um, it was uh, Parker, Calvin Parker, the younger one. He, he described uh, this creature as being female, and uh, he, he just had the sense that she was female. Uh, she, she actually had more facial features than the, the other three creatures. She, she sounded like she was more, she looked like one of the more grays, you know, the people describe them as gray type aliens, um, but she did have eyes. They weren't quite as big as your typical gray. Um, you know, almost human-like uh, in some of her facial features. This particular creature also had very strange uh, hands, and her two middle, the middle fingers on her hand were longer than the others. She started examining this guy and actually stuck her fingers into his mouth and uh, went up to his, uh, oh, the... Uh, What's the, 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 the bit of skin inside your mouth? Is, is that the... The uvula? Say, that's, that's the word. So Look at me go. You know, the guy's basically choking. And, and he's, she's like messing around around his uvula. And the fingers are going up into his sinus cavity. He said his, his nose not, started bleeding. Did she, yeah, did she so, sanitize her hands first? Did she wash right? her hands first? That's uh, what I want to know. This was That's 1975. Right. They didn't do that sort of thing back then. You clip her fingernails at least? Jeez. 73. <laughs> so, man, go man. stick an alien lobster claw down his throat just for no good no reason. Fair. That's just frowned yeah. upon. But it was at that time that he got the sense from her, almost like a telepathic message that says, do not be afraid. We're not going to hurt you. You know, she does this as she's sticking her fingers <laughs> In yeah, his uvula. So lobotomizing uh, <laughs> him from the inside of his face. Um, so after the examination, uh, the the larger creatures came back in and picked the the men up, carried them out of the spaceship, 
put them down on the bank of the river, floated back into the ship, and then the ship just shot off into space. Uh, the next thing they knew, the younger of the two men, uh, Calvin, he, he was just standing by the side of the river, arms stretched out, kind of like almost like you would think of Frankenstein, right? With his arms stretched out in front of him as he walks. He's yeah. just standing still with his arms rigid, stre stretched out, and just screaming. Um, oh Charles Hickson's laying on the ground, uh, and he's kind of coming to and, and and eventually gets Calvin's attention, and he's like, okay, you know, it's over. The worst of it's over. Um, but this is an event that that really haunted these two people for, for the rest of their lives. The, they, at first, they, they didn't want to tell anybody because back in 1973, it wasn't like you got the travel channel today with, you know, everything everybody knows about, you know, paranormal experiences. You know, it's just not something you talk about. You're going to get made fun of. Uh, people aren't going to believe you. You know, they, they were really concerned about the situation they were in and whether right. or not they can tell anybody about what they just went through. Charles did con convince uh, Calvin that they needed to tell somebody, and so they called the local sheriff. Uh, he said before he did that, he actually took a few shots of whiskey, which probably hurt his uh, credibility somewhat, you know, because people were thinking, oh, well, this guy is just a drunk, and, you know, he's just yeah. feeding yeah. us lines. So he calls the sheriff, and he says, hey, you're not going to believe what I've got to tell you, but I've got to tell you this, and he says, the sheriff says, you know, come on, I'm busy. What do you need to tell me? And he says, well, we were just abducted by a UFO. And and uh, the sheriff kind of laughed, which which Charles was afraid the sheriff would do. Sure. And, 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 and the sheriff says, okay, well, uh, why don't you come in and tell me about the UFO? And, and so they did. They went into uh, the police station. But the sheriff has always been very forthcoming, how nervous, how upset, how terrified these these men were when they were in his presence he never doubted uh for a minute that these guys went through something very strange and he's always stuck to that story uh, you know and he did however you know he wanted to do, do his due diligence and he thought well i've got this tape recorder in this room i'm just going to turn it on put these guys in the room and let them sit in there for a while sure you know obviously you know if they were coming up with something uh they would talk about it and you know then he'd have his proof that these guys were just trying to pull a hoax and the tape recording that he got out of that was you know nothing like that at all and a blue light you know in the sky i see a blue light you know it would cause your attention to it you couldn't tell see it was just surfing uh you listen to the tape and it's uh it, it's in this day and age the, the quality is just terrible you know it was a real to real tape that that was kind of hidden in the room the guys didn't even know it was in there yeah, yeah it was un underneath it was like taped underneath the table yeah oh wow and so so the quality is pretty poor but uh they have gone through and uh you can read transcripts about it and these guys were were just 
astounded as to what they just went through. You know, they're, they're talking to each other about, can you believe the way that door opened? Can you blow those lights? You know, these guys just came out and they just took us. And, you know, they were just talking about their experience that they just went through. And, you know, the sheriff knew after he listened to that tape that he doesn't know what happened to these guys, but, you know, something did happen that night there on the Mississippi Delta. And what year was this again, Pat? This, this was 1973, October 11th, okay. 1973. Charles, uh, the older gentleman, he kind of, he, he never really had a problem talking to people about it. It wasn't a day later that this story had, had broken the news and it was everywhere. It was, it was on the local news and then the national news and even the world news picked up the story and ran with it. So they were in the newspapers, they were on television. Um, and Charles was very forthcoming and willing to talk to anybody who would listen to him. Whereas the younger 19-year-old Calvin, he, he, had, uh, he wanted nothing to do with it. You know, he, he basically almost became a hermit for a long time uh, just tried to stay out of the limelight, did not want, did not want to talk about it, didn't tell anybody, you know, about the experiences that he had. And it wasn't until uh, very recently when, uh, you know, maybe in the past decade or so that he uh, started coming out and he actually wrote a book about it. Uh, Charles also wrote his own book about it before he passed. Uh, he passed in yeah. 2011. But uh, Calvin has now kind of come out and uh, is willing to talk about it. And I've watched some videos of interviews he's done. And he's very matter of fact. He still stays true to this story. You know, it's, it's always been pretty uh, consistent throughout. Um, they, they did find some discrepancies. You know, people claim that Hickson's story would kind of vary uh, over time. Uh, and... They say that also could be because so much time has passed since it happened, but but he he was also uh, you know he wasn't afraid to tell it. He was on the uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He was on Dick Cavett, you know, back in like 1974. But this was probably one of the uh, the best known alien abduction cases that uh, that are out there. I first learned about this story. I think we've talked about this on the show before, but. Uh, back when we would go fishing up in Minnesota, my folks would buy us comic books to read in the car. And one of the comic books that we got was actually a, uh, a comic book about UFOs. And on the cover, it happened to be this, this particular story was on the cover that month. And so you got these, this really cool artwork of two terrified fishermen being dragged into a UFO by these creatures. Uh, when I kind of researched the story, you know, for the show, it was kind of interesting to to learn that, you know, th this comic book I got was probably, I don't know, late, mid to late 70s. So it was probably still fairly recent when it was coming out in, in the comics. But uh, it was a it was a well-known story back then. That's great. Kind of a throwback to your childhood in a way. And yeah, what by the way, what is it with UFO abduction cases happening? to people going fishing like because <laughs> there's so many accounts of that people getting abducted <laughs> as with their line in the water it's like are aliens a big fan of fish like leave the fish alone or we're gonna come get you <laughs> That's just I, was it. At, I was actually watching a youtube about this case and a youtube story and 
uh, it was kind of a story told by a guy, I think, who does a fishing podcast or fishing has a fishing YouTube channel. And so it was kind of like his Halloween episode, right? So he wanted something scary for his fishing show. So he told this story. And his his idea was, well, why would aliens bother to, you know, break into somebody's house in the middle of the night and pull them out of bed when they can just roll up on a couple of guys at, at the edge of the river and just pick them off right there, you know? That's just well, so it's kind of like they're, it's kind of like in the open. They're easy to pick up. It's it's like their version of fishing, right? You catch it, and, and it is catch and release because they always. Put I was going to say, so. yeah. Well, or <laughs> yeah, they decide exactly. to keep you and mount you on the wall. <laughs> you become uh, was that Billy Bob the talking uh, the singing bass, the singing bass on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he sing "Rolling on the River" or something like that? Like, he know. did. He did. He sings some Creedence <laughs> Clearwater Revival song. Yeah. You gotta love that. Yeah, so. that's a, that's a good case. I, I there was a reenactment of that on could have been on one of the shows we just mentioned in pop culture segment, but uh, yeah, it's it's it hits all the bases, right? You're taken, you're aboard a ship, you're experimented on. There's multiple aliens. There's some that look different. They do experiments on you. You're put back. There's missing time. Lobster sticks or lobster claw down your <laughs> uvula. Yeah, exactly. You know, just a regular Tuesday in the old Mississippi bayou. Yeah. Yeah, if I had a nickel for every time, I tell you what. The interesting thing about this case, too, is there are a number of other people who reported seeing a UFO that night in and around that area, you know, within 100 miles of that area. Uh, and some people as close as like the other side of the river. So, um, you know, they didn't see these two guys there, but they did see say they saw a ufo that night so um it, it's kind of interesting you actually have some witness reports for this one as well yeah that gives it a little extra layer of credibility there and it's uh yeah it's it's an oldie but a goodie yeah so oh, yeah it's just yeah i you gotta love those those ones that you know, honestly have a lot of credence to them you know when people have stuck to their story the entire time, you know, there's no reason for them to say what they're saying other than, yeah. you know, it, it really happened. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something else for sure. Well, uh, next something time else. I go fishing, I'm, I'm wearing a, a harness and I'm anchoring that thing into deep into the earth. I'll say, good luck. You know, that way, if they try to suck you up in the tractor, you know, the, the, the beam, like <laughs> this yeah. guy's stuck, he's not coming. Let's take the other guy. Yeah. I'm tying myself to a tree. Yeah, I'm gonna put a uh, a good padlock on my u my uvula and uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or I'm gonna wear a big crab costume and they'll think I'm one of them. Yeah, one yeah. of us. One oh, of us. He's, he's one of like, us. I'll be like pointing to the pointing to my other friends. Take them. Well, let's go on to this guy down the river who's who's listening to CCR on his bass boat. We throw Billy the bass. Go after that fish. It's singing. Eddie gets abducted in his uh, crab outfit. He's going to end up being a court jester on some alien planet just there for entertainment's sake. <laughs> exactly. This guy's a little funny, but we took him anyways. <laughs> I'm there for the yucks. Yeah. <laughs> they're just throwing, they're, they're throwing cans at me to make me dance. <laughs> well, I'd say that effectively puts a pin in this episode, boys. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're done. Well, hey, everybody, check <laughs> us out on on our our, our uh, social media platforms. We're on we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, the Instagrams. Yes. And uh, 
Yes, and big thanks to the uh, good people at freesounds.org for our sound effects and all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, be sure to check us out on the social media sites that Pat mentioned. And uh, like Andy had even mentioned before, we're trying to get back into a regular uh, rotation for episodes. So just bear with us. We're getting our, our paranormal legs back under us. But yeah, it's good times. Summer's coming, boys. We got some campfires coming. Got some stuff to do for sure. Darn tootin'. All right, guys, have a good one, and and uh, everyone listening, have a uh, have a wonderful evening, and keep it spooky. Bye. Boom. Welcome to episode 54 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. <laughs> I knew I should go second. Uh, I didn't listen to my intuition. Take two. Right. We'll try this again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, boy. Yeah. yeah boy. boy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was good. I hurt myself. I think so. I think I felt it. I popped something loose. <laughs> he has a hernia now. I herniated myself. Let's do it for the show. All right. Do it for you. Do it for Johnny. Do it for Johnny. <laughs> Put him in her body bag, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that that was the outsiders. Remember? Oh yeah. Stay golden. Come on, pony boy. boy. Do it for <sighs> Johnny. Do it for Johnny. Did you? Have either of but, you but watched you got, Cobra Kai? Still Ralph Macchio, though. You know, he's the yeah. kid. And Johnny. And, and he was Johnny. Doesn't yeah. he, he the one who gets killed? Yeah. In, oh, uh, the Outsiders, yeah. Spoiler alert. It's been 40 years, people. Let's yeah. go, Lord. Have either of you guys watched uh, Cobra Kai yet? Oh, Dude. it's so awesome. I love it. It's freaking phenomenal. But uh, Eagle, anyway. Eagle, Fang, Eagle Fang Karate. Eagle Fang. Eagles Eagle don't have things. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Who knew? I, I, I have yeah. a t-shirt that says Eagle Fang Karate on it. Dude, I really? love that show. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs>